my hope is that with time topics like this won't be so taboo because when our society doesn't talk about the truth of what's going on in our communities, the truth of what people are struggling with, it further fuels the damage and the cycle of trauma. Welcome to the Reach New Heights podcast, where we dive deep into all things self-healing, transformation, and building dreams. I'm Julie Householder, and it is my passion to share powerful tools to empower you to transform your life and reach new heights. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Reach New Heights podcast. This week's topic can be a heavy one. So just a brief reminder and disclaimer before we begin this episode. A lot of my mission with this podcast is to educate and just share information in hopes of removing the stigma around a lot of these topics. And the purpose of this episode is for informational purposes only. And this should not be substituted for professional advice. Always consult with your therapist, doctor, psychiatrist, counselor, or other mental health or medical professionals. If you're experiencing challenges with trauma, mental health, chronic stress, etc., please refer to a medical professional. And this is a loving reminder that in this episode, I'm going to be talking about topics around trauma that can be potentially triggering. So just please follow what feels good and safe for you and your body. You're welcome to tune in. As you listen, notice what's coming up for you. Step away or skip this episode if needed. Before we hop into our content, I'm just going to invite you into a really quick awareness exercise called the body scan. And just starting from the bottom of your feet, just bring in your awareness over every section of your body. So noticing your ankles, up your legs, your hips, all the way to the top of your head. And just notice where you might be clenching anywhere or feeling any tension, making sure to tune into the shoulders and the jaw if you're clenching your jaw as an invitation to just allow your jaw to relax and soften, to allow your shoulders to drop, and taking some full deep breaths in through your nose and slowly exhale out through your mouth. And again, just allowing yourself to dissolve any stress or tension you might be carrying and just bring yourself to the present moment through another deep, full breath and exhale. You know that expression in English that there's an elephant in the room and it's used when there's an obvious major problem or issue people are avoiding discussing or refusing to acknowledge? Well, there's a major societal elephant in the room, something that is impacting literally everything and it's trauma. Trauma in its many forms, I believe, is the root to a lot of societal issues, both on the micro and macro levels. It can majorly impact our quality of life, career, money, our relationships, how we approach our goals, and a lot of our major blocks in reaching our goals and dreams stem from trauma, making trauma-informed therapy so transformative and very much needed in our world. Many of us might dismiss our experiences not knowing that there are actually many types and forms of trauma. Many of us might feel stuck or frustrated or find ourselves investing in personal development coaches, courses, books, and we're not seeing a change in the results that we're getting and we might be shaming ourselves because the personal development world content about smashing our goals and and reaching our dreams by overcoming fear 
is often not trauma-informed. So sometimes that fear that's coming up and those patterns of self-sabotage or those blocks that we're feeling that are really deeply frustrating to us is actually linked with deep-rooted trauma. Trauma that can be best unpacked with a qualified mental health therapist or counselor professional. I'm gonna be just explaining for informational purposes some of the different forms of trauma. So PTSD as, de as defined as the DSM-5, big T and little t traumas, complex trauma, developmental trauma, adverse childhood experiences, also known as ACEs, discrimination-based trauma, and chronic toxic stress. There are a lot of misconceptions around trauma and what it is. And I believe a lot of this has to do with the lack of education in the general public of what trauma is beyond the PTSD and adverse childhood experiences criteria. For most people who don't study psychology or are not really into this sort of topic or perhaps haven't been on a personal health and healing journey of their own, I feel like most people just from the media and like social media kind of have an understanding of they've definitely heard what that phrase PTSD and post-traumatic stress disorder. Many people have heard what ACEs is and adverse childhood experiences. But beyond that, it's not really talked about and taught about in schools what these different forms of trauma are and how they show up in people differently. I can definitely say that I have a little bit of irritation with the DSM-5, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. And this is a book that's published by the American Psychiatric Association that medical professionals will use to classify and diagnose different psychiatric conditions. And the current edition of this book, so we're on the fifth edition, this current edition doesn't really encompass an extensive view of the variety of the different types of trauma. And also the ACEs test, the Adverse Childhood Experiences Scales to assess childhood traumas up to the age of 18. It consists of 10 questions that basically assign a number given on which experiences you've had. So it'll have a question. If it's a yes, that means you get kind of like a point. These questions approach topics that are focused on abuse, so physical, emotional, sexual, neglect, and other household challenges like an incarcerated parent, substance abuse, divorce, a mentally ill household member or parent, as well as intimate and domestic violence. So a higher A score, so you can have an A score, the highest would be 10. So remember there's 10 questions, but a higher A score has been studied in relation to longevity and physical health outcomes. So there's a lot of studies around this. And it's important again to realize that an individual can have a low A score and not exactly meet the criteria for PTSD and they've still experienced trauma and can still be having trauma responses. Thankfully, many organizations and professionals have released a different version than the original ACE test that is much more encompassing and more expansive in the views of early childhood trauma. And I will be speaking about some of those different factors later on in this episode. Psychology at its core and from the beginning of its formation has a very Eurocentric Western perspective with its theories and understandings that are not always transferable or applicable to other cultures and countries. So shout out to my cross-cultural psychology class because that branch of psychology and that research is really important. DSM-5 classifies, and now we're looking at PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. PTSD trauma has basically like a list of criteria options that an individual has to meet in order 
to receive that diagnosis. You have to meet a certain number of them. And you can look all this up online. I'll provide a link for anyone who's interested in learning more about that specifically. But basically the first criterion requires a stressor where someone has been exposed to death, threatened death, actual or serious bodily injury or actual or threatened sexual violence via direct exposure, meaning it happened to you, or witnessing this happen to someone, so witnessing this in person, or indirectly, so learning that a close relative or a close friend was exposed to trauma in the event involves if that event again actual or threatened death it must have been violent or accidental as well as repeated or extreme indirect exposure to adversive details of events so usually in the course of professional duties so like first responders professionals repeatedly exposed to details of child abuse and within this understanding it doesn't include indirect non-professional exposure through social media tv movies or pictures so that's really important to recognize that that criteria it doesn't include the non-professional exposure and so basically it's a situation where someone's life or bodily integrity is threatened and this would be one of the examples within that concept of what a big T trauma is. And I'm sure some of you might have seen posts about this on social media, because again, it's, it's really circulating right now, at least from what I've seen. Other examples of big T traumas would be war, combat, persecution, natural disasters, a serious accident, crime, death, loss of a loved one, child abuse, neglect, domestic violence, a major surgery or life-threatening illness, loss of career, witnessing death. So many people with that understanding of the definition of trauma only being big T trauma or trauma defined by the DSM-5 might be disregarding their mental health experience and say, well, I've never experienced trauma, so what I'm going through right now, it isn't trauma, it isn't that. Which is why the understanding of all of the forms of trauma, and I'm not going to go into all of them uh, in this episode, but the ones that I'm going to be discussing is so important. So little T traumas, they don't necessarily lead to exact PTSD symptoms or exactly meet the DSM-5 criteria, but they can still cause trauma responses in the body and in the mind. Uh, and it can increase distress and decrease quality of life. So examples of little t traumas can be interpersonal conflict, emotional abuse, infidelity, divorce, legal trouble, financial insecurity, chronic stress, abrupt or extended relocation, shame, humiliation, bullying, ridicule, feeling left out, as well as complex or developmental trauma. Complex trauma and developmental trauma are two other terms that are really important to recognize and to understand. So complex trauma, I really like the definition from Dave Emerson. He says that it's long-term chronic disempowerment in the context of relationships over time. The Trauma Center for Trauma-Sensitive Yoga also has another excerpt on this that I really liked how it was phrased. So complex trauma develops in a series of adaptive responses due to ongoing stress and adverse conditions, usually in relational or interpersonal sense, so within relationships. This can be being trapped in a relationship or an environment that's chronically disempowering, abusive, uh, emotionally, physically, spiritually, or neglectful. Developmental trauma is something that's really critical to understand. And I'm going to be reading from Trauma and Beyond Center 
from their website because I really love how they articulate all of this and the phrasing on all of this is just so great to connect with as far as you know, this information and these concepts. So they say on their website, we understand trauma as the umbrella term used to describe deeply distressing or overwhelming events that have lasting impacts on our nervous system and the way that we interact and see the world. So often the primary emotional response is fear for our life or the safety of self or another person. And as children, our brains are still developing. So the trauma becomes part of the development shaping our physiology and our brain circuitry. So our neural pathways and all of the ways that our brain connects and communicates can be impacted by developmental trauma. Meaning how we see ourselves, how we experience others, how we understand our emotions, and how we understand the world around us can all be impacted and affected by developmental trauma. This can begin at birth. This type of trauma is particularly damaging due to our infantile reliance on others to meet our needs. So basically, when we are babies, we are fully dependent on our caretakers. That disconnection or that rupture of how we attach to our primary caregivers through neglect can be just as damaging as abuse in these formative years. So neglect, abuse, but we don't have, as a baby, we don't have that ability to advocate for ourselves. Even, you know, older children, not just babies, might not have the language or the ability to fight or flee. You know, we're in these situations and our only option is possible to us is to freeze. And so it's like we become stuck there in this proverbial understanding of the world as being a place that is unsafe and and trapped within our own unconscious memory and it's stored within our bodies. While we might not initially recognize this as trauma, as time goes by, these patterns continue to emerge. Certain signs begin to appear. So developmental trauma describes that trauma that's happened in early life or critical development periods. Trauma can be passed down through generations and cultures. It's often referred to as intergenerational trauma. Developmental trauma may also be described as inherited trauma, cultural trauma, environmental trauma, historical trauma. It can be referred to sometimes as complex PTSD. And so if you're interested in reading uh, more about this, about the symptoms with developmental trauma, about the signs to look out for, I'm going to put the link from where I just read this excerpt from, the Trauma and Beyond Center website, I'll put that in the description. Beyond the DSM-5 and those 10 questions used in the ACE test, neither of them acknowledge a lot of these traumas that I've been discussing. And there's an amazing website called numberstory.org, I'll put that in the description too, that expands on the original ACEs scale. Discrimination based on race, ethnicity, gender identity, sexual orientation, religion, learning differences or disabilities, poverty, racism, systemic and institutional, other violence like getting bullied, experience violence yourself or seeing others get hurt in your neighborhood, community or school, intergenerational cultural trauma like displacement, genocide of native people, slavery, the Holocaust, separation from a parent or caregiver because of immigration or foster care, other big changes in life like immigration, migration, being a refugee, seeking asylum, moving to a new area where you don't know anybody or separation from someone important to you, bereavement and survivorship, uh, like having a relative or caregiver pass away, surviving an illness, injury or accident, natural disaster, 
adult responsibilities as a child, like caring for someone who's sick or disabled or being the one responsible for getting food at the table at the young age or emotional responsibilities or having to become independent at a very early age for certain things in life. These are all different things to really consider when we are looking at trauma. The last aspect of trauma that I'm going to talk about today is called chronic toxic stress. Our stress levels, which is also mentioned on that website, birthstory.org. Love their content and again how they explain things. They put things very simply. Chronic stress can be viewed as an overactive nervous system over time. So they have on their website three different levels of stress, and this is all based off research. And as I speak about them, I just encourage you not to place too much focus on the labels specifically, depending on someone's window of tolerance. And I spoke about the window of tolerance in a previous episode. Uh, This can vary. So our, our tolerance and our capacity to withstand certain stressors is deeply impacted by our history and what we've experienced, the traumas and stress. As the first level, positive stress. So positive stress would be something where, you know, our heart pumps faster, our palms sweat to help engage the body for a task ahead of us. And then things return back to normal once the situation passes. So an example of this would be like taking a test, Walking on a field before a big game, for me, when I think about positive stress is when I used to be in the performing arts, I would be backstage pacing before I was supposed to go on, whether it was theater or dance, and I remember my heart would just be beating and like my palms would start to sweat and I just felt like really nervous. Once that performance was over, or even not even when it was over, once I actually stepped on stage, all of those different things that I was experiencing through this positive stress, it would move back into a balance and I would just kind of feel like this the release of energy and and I would move back into my normal state. The second level of stress is tolerable. So this can be intense stress from challenging situations. An example of this would be a natural disaster, a big life change, and then what they classify as toxic stress is a situation that doesn't end. Uh, or when there is no adult to help us process what we've been through. This is especially in regards to toxic stress levels in children. And so those are those three general categories that they talk about. Chronic toxic stress, its impact on the nervous system, potential trauma responses that we get from that is also something that isn't talked about a lot. So as you can see, there's so much that the DSM-5 doesn't acknowledge and that moves beyond those big T traumas and moves beyond the original ACE test. What drove me to speak on this really was to create an episode with information that I wished I had access to earlier on in my life. I think if I knew about all of this as a teen or even just as a child, a lot of what I was going through in my life would have made much more sense and perhaps I would have had the language to describe and understand what was happening to me advocate for myself sooner at a younger age that could have potentially gotten me out of some dangerous situations and environments both in in childhood and teenage years and being educated about this helps us identify where we could use some support in our lives it might help us identify and recognize like oh hey like I've been struggling with something and this whole time I thought that it wasn't trauma because it wasn't a big T trauma, but actually this is something that's I'm noticing is causing me a lot of issues in my daily life. It can help us become more conscious of what's going on 
and where we might needing or could use some support from a professional that can help us move through that so that we can build lives that we love so we can understand why we might have some blocks or fear coming up when we're trying to achieve certain goals or dreams that's beyond you know all of the the personal development structures that perhaps that it's some unhealed trauma and some trauma that we haven't worked through or we didn't understand or maybe that we weren't even aware of. And being educated about this topic can also help us become more conscious, more mindful as not just citizens within our country or community members, but global citizens and can help us become more mindful of what we see around us in our communities, in our workplaces, and just be a more supportive person to others and might, you know, be able to identify where someone could potentially, you know, use some support or help. My hope is that with time, topics like this won't be so taboo because when our society doesn't talk about the truth of what's going on in our communities, the truth of what people are struggling with, it further fuels the damage and the cycle of trauma. It continues fueling that trauma, whether it's on the micro level or on the micro macro level. It can help fuel that sense of isolation that so many people feel in their experience. I felt alone for so many years and it wasn't until I began to open up to others and talk about my experiences where I realized that I, I actually wasn't alone and that there are many people out there struggling too with similar situations as me, with similar you know, trauma responses or symptoms that I felt ashamed about or worried about. Uh, I was worried that I was abnormal or had some kind of like, you know, when I got certain diagnoses, I thought I was like inherently broken or something was severely wrong with me or I was like, oh, like people are going to think I'm crazy because in my upbringing and, you know, especially Cuban culture, a lot of mental health, mental health is not talked about, at least especially in my family system, but just collectively as a culture, mental health is often not spoken about at all. When I began educating myself on these topics and talking and connecting with other people, I began to realize that my body and my nervous system was having very normal responses to the events that I experienced, that these things that were happening that I didn't have labels for, I didn't understand what it was, that these traumas, this is, it, the response was quite normal for my nervous system given what, it, what was occurring. Um, and education in these topics and having this understanding can be very empowering personally as well as used to empower other people in our life that we're talking to, our communities, and in general, just education is powerful and it can be super healing. It has been for me. And so I hope that this episode has been helpful and in service uh, to you in sharing this information. And I'm wishing you all a beautiful rest of your week. From my heart to yours, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as I love creating it. As always, you can connect with me on Instagram at JULHouseholder or my website, juliehouseholder.com. I love hearing how you've integrated these episodes into your life. And if you feel called, please leave a review on iTunes so we can help others reach new heights. 